0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway.
1: And Lisa Pate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC flyweight.
0: Hi, this is
2: Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
1: Get it?
0: Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. So. Also with me this week, Kid Presentable. Special holiday episode edition. That's right. Happy Labor Day to you and yours. Um, not joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. Man's been in the car for twelve hours, folks. We we can't do it to him, especially when there's He's nothing not going on. <laughs> there's nothing going on. There ain't shit going on. So I mean if you got to hear us talk about some nonsense this might be the show for you. Um let's just get into it. Um the UFC had a card. I saw one fight. Actually I saw the end of OSP 2. I saw the OSP end of OSP and I saw the main event. Mark where about you? I just saw the main event as well. So no analysis on anything else. Yeah, stuff uh, I saw one more
2: fight than you. I saw the uh, Michelle Pereira versus Ooh. Oh uh, some type
1: of uh, Dagestani like fellow. Um, I saw some. I ones. had it. Here's the thing. I had the card open. I had 70% of my screen was the AEW pay per view. About 30% was the UFC one. But then I was also like texting people and chatting. So the UFC pay per view had to go at times. I saw Pereira slap a man.
2: Okay, yeah. That, that for context, <laughs> uh, mark some stuff you'll enjoy. Michelle Pereira, Mr. Flippy Man himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the uh, his opponent slapped him during the weigh ins. Uh, I believe. So Pereira made it a thing. Like, I've got open hands now. I'm going to slap you repeatedly throughout this fight. And boy, did he wind up on a lot of slaps. (laughs) It wasn't just one slap, Bobby. There were slaps in like every round and multiple of them at that. Um, I will say for that match, it's the best Pereira's looked. Um, He did his very showman stuff, but he cut out the super bullshit, right? He cut out the the cartwheels, He cut out the backflips. He still tried doing crazy spinning stuff, random Superman punches, Kind of cartwheel kicks here and there but like he toned it he, he still wanted to be a showman but he turned it down and he lit the dude up like his standing was just overwhelmed the shit out of this guy um and he, he actually looked good right because he looked good in his other fights he would just gas the fuck out in them and so it's like okay is this guy for real or is he a joke so he was a bit more of a controlled showman in this um while yeah actually putting on a pretty like one-sided beating i think
1: they set him up also because this other guy I don't know. His third fight in UFC, this guy, and it was his third loss. So, I don't Fair know. Fair enough. They kind of set him up, I think, for, like, let's see if we he can, you know, Pereira can get his shit together a little bit here.
2: I mean, yeah, Pereira, for all he was, he was coming off of, like, two losses in a row, too, yeah. so I can't say it's unfair.
1: I mean, he's 27 years old. He can get it together, but he seems, He think he literally says all the time, the most important thing is entertaining people, which is fine, but, you know, there's a ceiling on that strategy, of course.
2: But yeah, he I mean, he looked good considering how like comical his past fights went.
1: Um all right, The Ream. Alistair Overeem. Um came in there against Augusto Sakai, a young challenger, especially at heavyweight, 29 years old, very young. Um and uh I I think I've been pretty critical of critical of Alistair just him still fighting, really. Um but Man, I think he lost the first round or two, and they just took over, and it was like the fourth round where I'm like Sakai would rather be anywhere else. And then the fifth round started, and it was yep, Sakai. It was, Sakai was done fighting. Um, Mark, he's you know, if he didn't fuck up the end, the end of that Biggie Boy fight, Reem would be in a five fight win streak. Nice win for him here. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, a lot of the narrative is kind of you know him waiting her her you know getting into deep water and then you know switching up the strategy and just really exploiting a weakness in Sakai's ground game and his uh inability to stop the an impressive single leg that he got off the cage twice. Um, yeah. What was that takedown just, where he just kind of falls backwards and pulls Sakai with it? I mean, it like, it's almost like a lateral drop, but it's just in, instead of doing it when you have like a body lock, he's doing it when he has a single, he basically is dropping down. And as he's readjusting his weight, he turns and gets a single. And it was a smart adjustment on his part to use it in the fourth and then use that same exact technique in the fifth. It kind of shows you that that's definitely one of the takedowns he drills. Um, But really in this fight, what I saw from Overeem was like some evolution to some of the bad habits he has. And then his stamina getting so bad that he just falls right back into those bad habits. I'm really just talking about him covering up Um, because in the first two rounds he did better. And, you know, I I think those were really close rounds that maybe Sakai did win because he still had these instances of Overeem getting hit with the shot and then turtling up against the cage and just letting his opponent kind of have that for you know 10 seconds but he made some adjustments there there was one time where he circled away um and was able to get away from it there was one time he able he actually like pushed and shoved off and there was one time he even threw a strike out of it so while he had energy i think it's definitely worth noting that like i think he knows this is a really bad habit he does and i think the camp has worked on some ways to improve that when the gas tank started to deplete he went back to that and in uh, sakurai kind of had like you know, moments to like kind of tee off and try to get around the guard because that's really all, all he's doing. He's putting up a forearm guard and he's kind of just saying like, I can take whatever you got. Like yeah, you might be able to get some through here and make some shots, but they're not going to be hitting the vitals strong enough to do a lot of damage. And so guy got a lot of chances. He landed a really good elbow that cut uh, over him up. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, they had a couple exchanges in the clinch where that's another really strong area of over him. I think he's really comfortable in an over under clinch throwing knees. Uh, Sakurai was he was there with him throwing really hard knees himself. But it was eventually where he first got a trip takedown and then later went to that single and he was able to exploit this. Oh, I can take this guy down. I can stand on top of him, and at first, you know, he was fighting the legs of Sakai in the butt butt scoop position a lot, but once he was able to kind of get his hips down, get into guard, get into half guard, and throw some strikes there, he started to do some damage, and I think it really wore down on um, Sakai's uh, stamina. And then in the fifth round, you know, with not a lot of time on the clock, you know, very early in the round, he was able to get Sakai down very quickly, Um, advanced position to half guard, basically almost a mount, and landed some really big... Elbows and a couple of hammer fists, and I think Herb Dean. What was the ref? And he called it there. And I think it was kind of just. It was or mo- it, it was more of a win from exhaustion than yeah. Like-
1: Sakai was done. He was ready to go home. Yep. <laughs> um, Stefan, uh, he's got two wins on either side of a sandwich in the middle. Biggie Boy knocking him out. Um, do we need to have them fight again? Biggie Boy and Ream? Yep. Um, I say. Go-
2: chronologically makes sense since uh, at the they're top, both up there <laughs> yeah I mean I think he is within like maybe one to two wins away from getting that title shot He wants with Mioshi that that fight you know he had a competitive moment in it before he kind of gaffed um, so but you know it seems very crowded at the top with uh, all the talk of John Jones and Francis there so um, definitely don't need to see Francis and Reem run it back um, so it kind of may as well right because that's kind of what else is going on. From the, like you I know, mean, I'm i
1: looking at the rankings. Okay. We got we got uh Stepe, Inganu, Curtis Blades, um Rosenstruck, Biggie Boy, uh Derek Lewis, and then Reem was five. I don't know when how often they updated this thing, but Junior is six, so that I tells... mean the
2: storyline that seems coming out of it is win, loser, draw, he kinda wants Derek Lewis after this, after Curtis Blades fights him. That, that's kind of the little posturing. Is, I heard. is Derek
1: is Derek Lewis fighting Curtis Blades? Is that a thing? I thought Derek Lewis yeah, didn't uh, want to fight
2: anybody. So Derek Lewis was. T- this is the story as I know it is. Uh, he was tweeting mad shit about Overeem the whole time. That uh, every round he was like ten eight Sakai, ten seven Sakai. <laughs> like, at the he, at the end he like scored every round like egregiously. And he's like I got this fifty to like twelve like a uh, uh, like you know, basically he was just talking shit. So um, Overeem was the one he's like you know uh, I'd love to. Kick Derek Lewis's ass, but Curtis uh gets first. Um, so it doesn't seem like they'll fight because that seems where he's training now. So they're teammates. So I would just go ahead and scratch that one off. But um, yeah, if it's not running it back with Biggie Boy, then he could just get Derek Lewis regardless of that outcome.
1: Okay, this is hilarious. I'm looking at these tweets. <laughs> I got Sakai ten seven just because Overeem running his mouth. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a, I don't know what their beef is, but uh, <laughs> so Lewis far
1: I got Sakai winning all four rounds. Okay. Yeah, okay, whatever. It's heavyweight MMA. Yeah. Sure. Put two of them up against each other. Let's we'll see what happens. Anyone from four to 10 can
2: fight because, like, the top is kind of backlogged right now. I mean, that's
1: what, I'm again, I've been critical of Reem, but it's impressive, man. He's found a way. He always finds a way. He's at the top, he's top five, top three, probably four, something like that. I, I mean, him and Derek Lewis, I'm surprised that fight hasn't happened yet. I'm surprised Reem hasn't... Like, there's anybody Reem hasn't fought
2: at this Ream point, Reem is too. really good. You know, it's, it's heavyweight, Bob. Sometimes people just get knocked out.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, there were other fights in this card. Um. Bef- when we were talking last week, me and the boys were like, should we pay attention to Alonzo Menafield? And we're like, okay, if he wins this fight, we'll pay attention. Nope. Uh, OSP... So, i not to worry about. Yeah, is like, you guys may be the underdog. Fuck you. Um... Nice to see OSP throw up some Black Panther symbols, too. You know, it was nice to see. 37 years old, OSP is just what OSP is, guys, huh? He's going to, you know, win some, lose some, be on the back half of a top 10, maybe, at at best case at this point.
2: Good to see him at light heavyweight. I think we all were a little questionable about that heavyweight excursion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that, you know, Big Ben starched him or anything, but it just did not seem like there's no way this is the ideal weight class for you. So um, I'm actually just happy to see that he went back down.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of fights. He's he's got his next fight is his 40th fight, and uh, he you know came up through local fighting in fucking Aruba. Jesus, made it to Strikeforce, made it to the UFC, and been like in the UFC for like 20 fights now. So,
2: like Mark said last week about a different fighter, someone's got to be at the gate, right? Someone's got to keep that gate.
1: Yeah, um, Augusto Sakai, by the way, losing that fight. His first loss since losing a split decision to Chuck Congo um, back in Bellator three years ago. I mean, what do we learn here? Can't go five rounds? I think he needs to trim up.
2: Um, Mm. I think the era of that really flabby heavyweight. I mean, if you want to be a serious contender, because look at Derek Lewis is taking weight loss seriously. Stipe looked like he looked like a light heavyweight going into that fight against Cormier, right? Stipe looked great. And, you know, Francis is just a goddamn like you know, Greek god monster. So um, I think the next step for Sakai is if he really wants to be a player in the game, he's got to tone up his body and conditioning. You can't just be the fat guy in heavyweight anymore.
1: Right on. Marcus, you got any thoughts on that? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Fair enough. Stefan, do me a favor, turn your mic a little bit more towards yourself.
0: It's at AC, man. It's, it's just
1: hot. I got No, it's, oh, right there. That made it much better anyway. Um, All right. Um, we're not talking about the rest of this card. I just, I'm not going to lie to you people. Um, And it was seven fights because we lost like three fights due to COVID, which, I mean, me and Stefan were talking about doing fantasy football real late, you know, four days, four days before it starts. But Stefan's like, we're just going to lose players to COVID, huh? I'm like, yeah.
2: I need that in my sports video games, man. If I can't get like a DNP COVID, like, <laughs> it's just not, it just breaks my immersion if players aren't just getting COVID now.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. There's a lot of like news that uh, happened. in the last few days. Um, But leading off, I guess, Stefan, you just read something, huh? Uh, About a retirement we thought might happen. Is it going to actually happen.
2: It it wasn't official after his last fight, um, but Ricardo Lamas uh, decides to hang it up after a win. Um, Can't fault him, you know? Uh, Didn't quite hit the highs, highs of the career. You know, I think he was sniffing the title shot a handful of times, but you know, very competitive career. Guy got, like, I think he got something like 17 fights in Zufa. So, um, you know, he had a solid run, but it just I think he's lost three of his last five anyways. Um, probably wasn't getting back in title contention and decided to hang up. Um, with every one of these fighters that does this, you know, you just really hope that um, they have some type of business adventure advent- to fall back on. And then for their health's sake, right? There's never too early to get out of a game like this. So, um, you know, best of luck to Ricardo Lamas. I will always remember him uh, for in that Mexico card, buying the flag once he was in Mexico to bring out cage and Like, come on, my man. You couldn't have just come prepared with that flag until you, <laughs> you were there to buy it? Like, that's some cheap pop thrill. So, yeah. But.
1: Marcus, a man who uh, wasn't champion, but, you know, in the middle of the Jose Aldo, I don't know, five-year run, uh, made it to the mountaintop, just didn't, you know, slay that, you know, slay that dragon, I guess, huh? Yeah, I kind of cool. my metaphor there, but you got. I, mean, it. I I
0: get what you're saying, but it was just a little surprising because he he did win his last fight. It was a tough fight, um, you know. Uh, and they said in the booth, like you know, it really brought the dog out in him. You know, he really got pushed in that fight a lot. I mean, he persevered and, and he won. You know, emphatically. Um, so it is a little surprising, you know, after having such a great performance um, to to call it quits uh, at this point. But, yeah, um, you know, when, when you're done, you're done. And these guys know better than anyone. And it could happen at any point, you know, even though we didn't really foresee it. Because I think a lot of times in this sport, these guys tend to linger on for a long time. You tend to hear about them, talk about retirement for years on end. So to have a guy like Ricardo that we knew, you know, was was getting up there and had had a lot of fights and a lot of tough fights. um, we knew, you know, maybe at some point retirement was going to start creeping in Um, just to have it kind of spur of the moment was a little surprising, but yeah, you know, he, he definitely was, you know, one of the very best, you know, he was never able to capture that title, but you know, very few do. That's what makes it so special. So, you know, hats off to him, you know, hopefully he can continue on, you know, enjoying it, you know, the lifestyle that he's created for himself, you know, whatever it is that he may, may do next and uh, best of luck to him.
1: Right on uh, other news. And this is just some news I'm reading right now. Apparently Mike swick got a podcast. And Steph, well, when not I want
0: to surprising me. Well, sorry. I want I
1: wanna I wanna give Mike Swick a little bit of credit here because I like the name of his podcast. It is called Real Quick with Mike Swick. Oh, I'm right. just saying, I enjoy
2: it. On paper, there were things I should have liked about Mike Swick. Mike Swick, uh his walkout song was Tupac Ambitions of a Rider. Yeah. And that is one of the best possible like rap songs you could walk out to. It opens with the whole let's get ready to rumble by buffer soundbite. Like, it's it's perfect. But that's always the guy who, hey, Mike, you've been injured. Are you coming back? He's like, check out my blog for updates. Fuck your blog, Mike Swick. Just answer
1: the question. I'm meeting you in person, goddammit. I just want to say MMA fighters are so nice when you meet them in person that that is the worst interaction we've had. I just want to point that out. <laughs> They're
0: uh, all... I, I, mean- I actually did read a thing about Mike Swick, and I he's a good example of what we're talking about with Ricardo Lamas. You know, he basically couldn't fight anymore he kept wanting to he kept coming back right when he was injured and he couldn't and he basically said like you know he focused on creating a new life you know with i think doing uh i can't remember what the team's called in uh, thailand but he basically started this huge Wait, he's got his own company. aka over there he made yeah. an aka over there and i think yeah. that's what it's called or something yeah and it's a like it's a huge facility and it was kind of his dream so you know that's he's a good example i mean hey maybe too much of a salesman when you're meeting your fans and telling them just to go to oh. the site. You know, obviously burn a couple of the boys here. Feel a <laughs> I feel terrible. we're a
1: little bit harsh about this. It's been ten years. But I do remember after me and Stephon were just talking, it wasn't like we were angry. We're just like, I don't I'm not going to his website. He could have just told oh, yeah. us. We're yeah. we're in line to see business,
0: him. Man, you got you gotta know when to give the fans the the, the hot tip. But, but yeah, I think, you know, just funny we're talking about someone retiring a person that did retire made that pivot extremely well, a good example of that. And I guess Bobby's impressed because he had a, a, a slick
1: good I thought milk, it was a night. Hard. I mean, I, mean, I, I thought it business, was.
0: That's all we're writing Well, on. do you know what it was?
1: Honestly, I saw that an episode was up with Luke Rockhold, and it, it, it was only 15 minutes long. And I'm like, oh, is his gimmick that he has a 15-minute podcast? Because that's that's great. But then I looked at his thing, and the rest of them are an hour long. And I'm like, uh-huh. no, I that's a thing. 15 minutes. You only ask the guy about what's going on right now. Look, you I got like a fight, I like
0: that concept, Bobby and it only goes 15 minutes is the allotment <laughs> for a regular UFC sanctioned fight. We know Mike Swick never got a title shot, so he's not doing any 5 rounders. So he gets 15 hey, minutes. They, they they try to here. give him a
1: title shot. They said, "Hey, if you just beat Dan Hardy, we'll give you a title shot." And Dan Hardy's like, "Fuck that. You're not getting that title shot. I am." So, that's why that's how Dan Hardy got a title shot with that, with making it that far without without us realizing he has no takedown defense. Um All right, um, UFC booked Usman versus Burns, which seemed like the right thing to do anyway. Um, are they teammates or something, or boys or something or another? teammates. Okay, um, Burns deserves that shot, we all know he does. Um, and UFC's targeting for December, Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal 2, the rematch, um... It's kind of hard, honestly, with any of these fights where, like, we're losing three fights uh, last week to COVID to just buy anything that's happening. But, I mean, Mark, when I told you, you're like, man, I I don't need to see that fight again. You You have
0: to create a narrative, and when you have a fight where it was pretty much dominated by one guy, to run it back immediately, it's tough to, how do you sell the audience that this is a worthwhile venture? You know, you have to get Nate to have a different fight and look good and be like...
1: I thought Nate was doing okay in the third. I didn't. I mean, I, I don't know if he's the one that lost the third, but probably lost it.
0: But. Well, I mean, I just from what I remember is like my analysis of how that fight was going to go pretty much was true. Where Jorge was just like the precision striker that just beat up Nate and, and cut him up pretty bad. And it's like, yeah, Nate, Nate, Nate still had a lot of fight in him, and it, it definitely was a fight where it was like this guy did not get stopped. The doctor stopped it. his 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 face got got mess, too messed up to continue the fight. So there's some intrigue there, but overall, it's just like. I, it's hard to build this narrative. I would have loved to have seen Nate fight someone else and have him just smoke them. and Be like, yeah, that—that's the Nate I remember. He can do that to Jorge, but you know, running it back so soon, I think is just a tough sell. Um, but you know, I'm still—I mean, I'm happy he's fighting. Intriguing. Yeah, and it's still like mm-hmm. an intriguing fight. It's just like I always want to see new matchups. You know, a, a rematch needs to be kind of cultivated in a certain way for me to be intrigued again. And it, you know, and to having an immediate rematch. There's even more things that need to align, and, and those things well, aren't aligning here. Like it's a close a, fight, I need a controversial fight where it was like it was close, it was competitive, it was entertaining to the point where I would want to see this again. And I didn't necessarily get a ton of that with the first fight. I think it was tactical, and I think Jorge just started running away with it with the damage, and, and ultimately won the fight. I just, it's so,
1: not, it's not immediate for Jorge. Jorge want to fight again that's too. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And he,
0: in his loss, you know, that kind of. Does that even it out a little bit? Because, you know, now it's like, okay, he's not Superman either. This is a belt of badasses and not the the actual belt because, you know, they, they have
1: not captured I mean, that. I mean, let's just tell you, William Morris Endeavor just had another round of layoffs. So they only <laughs> and have And More seen... belts
0: are coming, boys. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, my brother's got a friend who works there. It's like, yeah, they had layoffs once. They had layoffs again. This is just That's for fun. money, right? I mean, Steph, what do you think when they said this? Like, fuck it, why not? I mean, I'll watch it, but... um, Everything Mark said, it's like...
2: There's a lot of shine is gone on this now. Um, whatever you think it's gonna sell, it's gonna sell less. Because a lot of people saw that fight. That was the last, like, really like, oh shit, they sold a lot on this, and it was one sided. Um Nate didn't look bad. He did not have a single moment.
1: Well, Steph, well, before you go before too far, like before you go, before you go down, like before you go farther down the thing, when you said it was gonna sell less. I might disagree only because I think they said the first one sold like a million in a little bit. And somehow Jorge and uh, – who's the champion? Usman. Usman sold 1.3. Yeah, but, and, do, you remember, it, but do you remember what the, the casual opinion
2: was after that? Like, oh, this is what you sold me on? I thought this guy was a badass. This guy got held. Oh, this is what it – A lot of people who were brought in by the Jorge Nate saw Jorge get stifled.
1: Well, okay. Well, I mean, my other part of that was also like what that also sold 1.3 because we're all still at home. So if we're all still at home, I'm just saying they're going to, I think they're going to clear a million just because nobody's anything to do. I, I think everything you guys are saying is right. We don't need this. It's, I think once you know, the hype
0: machine starts going, you, you know, right now it's just announced and there's not a lot of. Well, know. I mean,
1: here's this also. Is uh, Nick Diaz going to be in the corner? Because we got Nick Diaz news and Nick will, you know, Nick will make this all more fun for all of us. Um, Nick Diaz is coming back. And when you see the video and picture or whatever it is of Nick right now and the shape he's in, which it looks like, what did they say? Like 165, 175? He's somewhere in the middle there. Um, that kind of sounds like Nick Diaz has gotten serious. And we haven't seen Nick fight since he fought Anderson. Does anybody know how long ago that was?
0: That Five years? Six Three years?
1: years? I mean, that all, but those all sound believable. Because the time we have no, I have no concept of time anymore. Um, January 2015. <laughs> so if Five they say years. he's gonna, he's gonna come back at the beginning of 2021. There you go, six year layoff. Um, look, everybody knows we love the Diaz brothers here. And at this point, I think last time I asked Mark who he wants Nick Diaz to fight, it was maybe a year ago, and Mark said, I just want to see him fight. Um, now that we got some say in it, okay, let's go. Two people, you guys. Uh, Let's go. We'll go take turns. Uh, Mark, you go first. Two people. We'll just. Uh,
0: Well, uh, McGregor would be great. Mm -hmm. And I mean, depending on how things go with uh, Jorge, him and Jorge could be fun, especially I think the scenario you kind of played out, Bob, he's in the corner. If he loses again, I think that 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 maybe and yell
1: at him a little bit, Nick. You know, let's have an old school. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know.
0: <laughs> He's yelling. Someone's definitely going to throw a punch, and it just depends yeah. on how how many two pieces and how many sodas are given up. Yeah, is, is is Jake
1: oh, Shields there oh, to be a bad influence on bag. everybody? Is Jake Shields there to be a bad influence for everybody? Maybe steal a laptop. All these things can be done.
2: I want Jake Shields to throw a bottle of proper uh, Irish Twelve whiskey at Connor.
1: That's what oh, I want that'd be, be excellent. <laughs> That'd be excellent. Um, I'm okay. I mean, you know, both of those ideas, Stefan. I think we, before the show you were saying. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Whether fair or not, I at least know for me, I don't know if it's the same for you. I think it is the
2: same for you. This may not be a fair in reality, but I think our perception is Nick is the greater Diaz brother between him and Nate. Like, Nate is very good in his own right, but I think in my head, Nick was always the main. He was the big deal one. In, at are we talking about like, who's better or who's a
1: bigger star? Or what are we talking about here?
2: Who The, the greater brother, the better brother.
1: We oh, are, okay. I, it, I, think, I, I think that's debatable now, like, but it's I fair. It, it, I said that the, the reality could be,
2: uh, but I think my perception is Nate is the A- or B- plus Nick in my head. And so when you ask who should Nick fight, it's my answer was whoever Nate has beef with, whatever is a good fight for Nate is a good fight for Nick. And the thing is, he has history. Nate is down on the scorecards against Connor and Jorge. So, inevitably, Big Brother's got to come make it right. Big Brother hey, has to defend his brother who just got beat up on the playground.
1: I just want to say, Nate is one and one with Connor. And Connor won a majority of the decision and then tapped the fuck out in the first fight. Oh, they um, won yeah. Won? My bad. You know what it is. Well, he's you So, you say just those two? I mean, anybody, really, yeah. anybody Nate would. Um,
2: the thing is, when there are people that throw out Usman Edwards. I do not want divisionally relevant. He yeah, is look, look. here for the BMF belt. But, you know, he hasn't has fought six created. years. <laughs> this, this fake hypothetical for fun belt we created, that belt was created with the Diaz brothers in mind. Like That's what I said. Nate isn't about chasing titles. He's about chasing big fight paychecks. That's the exact same thing Nick is about. So anything that's good for Nate is good for Nick.
1: Um, He said that he's looking at the... Uh... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm looking up Nick Diaz on the Google News, and there's a headline that says, from Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez. Nick Diaz used to send me hate mail about my family. Which, I don't know why that's, the concept of that is amazing. Kind of horrible. Um, and apparently Carlos Condit's coming out of retirement too to fight Court McGee. Man, you just open fucking shit sometimes, you see some bad ideas. Um, I, I think Nick Diaz should fight, uh, Robbie Lawler. I okay, actually thinking that same That way. was where I was that was my first thought, honestly. Because I'm like, he hasn't <laughs> fought in six years. Robbie can still throw enough that this will be a good fight. Let's do it. But, I, I think
0: you made, you made a point just a second ago that I was just like, yeah, I, m- I might even bring up Robbie now. Because like, if they're gonna bring Nick back, right, it's gonna be pay per view, right? He's gonna be main eventing. Can you have him in Robbie main event a pay per view? I mean, I think that's ballsy. I think that's like putting a lot on. That dude's name. You
1: think it has to be a main? You, you don't think you don't
2: think they'll pay him to not be the main event? I think they could not, be co-main with a lesser title.
0: Like maybe, maybe that
2: would be like easy. Valentina at the top. You know,
1: I just want it to be five rounds. I think they should just agree to that. Make Nick the co-main event or something. I, I think know, as a tune-up,
0: as as a this guy hasn't fought in six years. Robbie's still active. He's still very relevant and dangerous. We just saw him fight recently. You know, and the, these guys are of the same kind of age group that it kind of makes sense. You know, I don't really need to because I mean. Yeah, like you said, with Usman and some of the other, like, relevant contenders, it's like, I'm not really thinking Nick Diaz as, like, getting the belt again. It's like, this is a fun oddity that maybe we can get some super fights. Maybe he fights McGregor for a big a big pay-per-view, and that's kind of it. I'm not seeing the strap get on him again, because I've seen him against the best. I mean, the best the, you said the year. main event. He perform as, as great as he does against some of the lesser competition. He's
1: older, too. Yeah, he's
0: and it's, it's six years. We have to put all these. So, well, you know.
1: I think that's the main event. The main event thing is interesting. I didn't think about that, but Nate. I mean, everybody talks about like Nate's like I'm the fucking main event. Like I mean, he fought Pederson like in the co-main thing just to I think get loose or whatever. But Nick has been the main event in every fight he's had since the strike force card Lawler versus Shields. Nine. That was eleven years ago. I know Nick hasn't fought in five of these years, but I mean, if Nick's willing to be, a, I mean, him and Robbie three rounds. Fuck it, like. I think Robbie's. I think Robbie's the matchup. I saw Darren Till wants to fight Nick. I. I mean, okay, that'd be a f- entertaining fight, but I don't give a the shit. Thing is, like, I fully expect guys like Neil Magny to call
2: out Nick Diaz. And Neil's too nice. Neil's like,
1: too nice, Stefan. But I mean, this is what it is: the guys who
2: want to make their name will call him out. But that's not what about these guys are about right now. Like,
1: you kind of have, have already earned the right to fight them. well Okay, like if Woodley loses, and i to say this because Woodley was the one who was gonna fight Nick. Next in strike force before Nick bounced for the UFC. I mean, Re- Re- Woodley loses another fight. We've lost all relevancy of him as a title contender. That's a rap. Do you I still don't want to see that fight though? Like I don't need to see a fight where Robbie Lawler I mean where uh, Woodley tries to take down Nick Diaz, right? Like I said, Bob, not- Nick is in the BMF
2: division. That's his division now. And he can fight other fighters who qualify for that division.
1: He can fight Carlos Conda too. I think they can run that one back if they want, if Carlos isn't retiring again after this next fight of his. Which, that just doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, Alright, let's talk about a couple fights. We're going to talk about a UFC fight, the UFC main event, and the Bellator main event. I think the Bellator card might be better than the UFC card. Um, they got some guys on there. Gone was making her Bellator debut too, by the way. I uh, disagree,
2: Bob, because the UFC card has three fights I want to watch. The uh, Bellator card has two. Simple math. Simple
1: Beltor has another card the next day, by the way. Um Yeah, why? Um Okay. Um you guys want to talk about UFC first and act like it's better, fine. Um it's Michelle just- Watterson, Angela Hill. There was another main event for this thing. Um it was gonna be uh Tiago Santos, right? He was coming back. Yep from um tearing all of his shit when he fought John Jones and somehow still almost, almost winning won. Against yeah. Jones
2: with all his torn shit.
1: This kind of ruins the mini-tournament that was in people's head of the winner of this fighting the winner of uh, Reyes and Blachowicz, because I thought Santos got COVID. Nope. Uh, Glover got COVID. And uh, Glover's real old. So we gotta, we gotta watch out. Sorry. Bad joke. Hopefully he's okay. And knowing the UFC, they'll book the card for what? Book the rematch for two weeks? And then, you know, He'll somehow test positive again. I'm they want week. one, two weeks. We're just going to keep booking fine. it every two weeks until they fight. Uh, Stefan, do you see Michelle Watterson and Angela Hill? They're like, going to be five rounds, though? They're like, fuck it, we'll go five rounds? I believe it. That's a, that's no they're, notice. They're, they're both in shape, women. They got to get, I, I hope they negotiated for more money. So just want to point that out. Uh, Michelle definitely did it. Michelle didn't. We know that. Michelle, getting <laughs> Michelle, a lot of... I'm just happy for the opportunity. Michelle... Loving the president. Loving the Dana, Dana White talking at the Republican convention. Um, betting odds for this one.
2: The I avist- am shocked. Angela Hill is the favorite in the fight. Um, she has minus 125 to Michelle Watterson's plus 105.
1: Basically a coin flip. I got Angela Hill. Expected to be the other way around. Yeah, I got Angela Hill. I My reasoning is I want Angela Hill to win. Also, she's fought really well recently. And Michelle hasn't. Honestly. I think Michelle's not going to get a title shot, and Michelle knows she's not going to get a title shot, she had a bit of, she put a bit of a, a couple wins together, and it uh, looked like she was going somewhere she's not, uh, she's kind of hit her ceiling you know, she's been doing this a while you know, two straight losses though um, yeah, I, I'm she down to, she's not losing to bad people though, she lost to you know, to Carla and Joanna, but I I got Angela Hill because she's looking good these days so that's what I got, Steph. What about you? Um, yeah,
2: um, I'm breaking form. Michelle has always been a ride or die fighter for me, um, but in the world we live in, I'm not the fan of some of her personal stances. Um, she does what she has to do because it works for her. I get it, you know, but it's discouraging. You kind of, you kind of want the best, right? But that's also why you don't take athletes you like and you don't turn them into heroes because they are just people at the end of the day. Um, I'm picking Angela Hill officially. I'm terrified, though. Michelle has the grappling and the trips that I can 100% see stifle Angela Hill. Uh, Angela Hill, by the way, got screwed. She beat Claudia. She'll be a
1: four-fight-win streak.
2: Angela Hill, just she can give up positions. She can give up rounds. Um, it's I've seen this story so many times. It's hard to get totally on that Angela Hill um, you know, hype machine, because It falters a whole lot. Um, I'm I'm going against the grain with this from what I usually do. um, But hopefully Angela will take it. Marcus, you going to join us?
0: Yeah, I'm making a tactical decision here to (laughs) pick the other person to potentially get some points. Uh, Because I I agree with your guys' statement. And it's really all the points that Stefan made uh, for why I'm... You know, this year I've been ever so often tacti- tactically picking against you guys when I feel it necessary this is one of those fights where for a lot of the points that Stefan mentioned um the the grappling acumen of uh Michelle waterson uh, and, and looking at the record seeing Angela Hill has gotten caught a few times in submissions and seeing that Michelle Waterson hasn't gotten knocked out out uh, that knocked out that often which is another Angela Hills uh, best ways to finish a fight so I'm gonna go with Waterson to. To mix it up and i'm just realizing i have to put this in the stupid website i haven't been doing that but um yeah mostly because i i do think this is a close fight um i think the line is is fairly close right steph Angela hill's surprisingly the point yeah yeah and i think that is because you know i think they're they're in similar spots here but um end of the day i'll pick you know i think i think this is a good one to split on you guys i feel like i could get a point here um but Definitely, with my heart rooting for Angela Hill, I, we, we always do. She, she's definitely one of those fighters that um, you know I always want to pick for when I think she can get it done. And I think she has a good chance to win this fight, but I definitely think there's a, a couple things like you mentioned, Steph. A potential for Waterson to get this fight on the ground to get her backing to get a submission is something that she's very good at. She's done throughout her career, um, and I see that as something that that could play out here. So yeah, I'm going to tactically take this one, but I think it's going to be a very close, very competitive fight.
2: Mark, also a fan of their fearless leader, Dana White. Yes. Speaking for the President of the United States, Mark... You
0: like, don't care what nobody thinks. I'm going to go to whatever convention I want and say whatever hate things I want to say. and You can deal with them, Dana White.
1: Um, also on this card, apparently Bobby Green's fighting. Took this fight on like two days' notice or something. There like two know, days ago. Bobby. There's my argument for why this card is better. It's got Bobby uh, Green coming off of the performance of his career. Alan Patrick, by the way, is really good, but has giant gaps where he misses time but like I think he's like 16 and two 15 and two, 15 and two he has not fought in two years like he's a really good fighter so we'll see how that goes Tyson Nam's on this card um Brian Barbarina remember when he was a thing
2: KGB Lee is a massive favorite over always happy to root for the happy warrior uh Roxy
1: I think Roxy can win that that's a that's an interesting one though honestly Roxy can she I mean her her late surge of success and improvement has
2: already broken any expectation I've ever had for her as a fighter. So, happy for her either
1: way. That's fair. Um, so, Jara Eubanks on this card. Did What's her name fight on the last card or did, she get, did somebody get sick? The other one that the UFC doesn't like. Uh, COVID. Yeah, that's one of the fights we lost to COVID. Um, yeah, this card's not great. Next week, though, uh, the UFC is going to bust out Woodley and Covington. About two years too late, um, though D- uh, Donald Cerrone's facing Nico Price. Okay, this one's better. Uh, is that real? Okay, that sounds much better. Anyway, uh, Bellator's got two cards. We're going to talk about the Friday one because um, I didn't even look at the Saturday one yet. But the Friday one's got a fight we're interested in. Phil Davis, Leoto Machida. Phil Davis, uh, has he fought since he lost that belt? You'd imagine because it was a while ago. Phil Davis, last time we saw Phil Davis in the Bellator hexa something, um, won by TKO back uh, last October. Um, he got two straight TKO victories. Phil Davis, knocking fools out. Um, his opponent, uh, Leota Machida, a man that, uh, Phil Davis beat seven, eight years ago, uh, by decision. Machida, since getting to Bellator, um, Lost the split to Musasi, but before that beat Carvalho and uh, Chael Sonnen. Um, what's the betting lines here? Wait, he beat or lost to Chael Sonnen? He beat Chael. Okay. With a flying, he went him with a flying knee. Uh, and then Phil he... Davis is a shockingly big
2: favorite, in my opinion, at minus 330 to plus 270 Leota Machida.
1: Okay, I'm taking Phil Davis. And the reason that that line is what it is is because I saw that fight with, uh, with Gegard. Um, it was a split, but man, Machida looks old. Like <laughs> Machida looks old. He is old. He's forty-two years old. Phil Davis looks like a fucking action figure. He's knocking people out at least. I just think people think like this, you know. Pick your laundry room analogy with Machida at this point. Um, I I I. He's the he, I. I mean, I'm surprised Phil Davis beat him the first time. I think Machida is incredibly skilled. He's forty-two years old. Phil Davis is still. Young and looking good in Bellator. I gotta go with Phil Davis. Steph, what about you? Uh same. I though I have
2: dismay at the discrepancy of the line, I just think Leoto's old, and that's that's all there is to it in this pick.
0: Uh Marcus? Yeah, hard to to waive her there. This fight has happened before. Phil won then. Age hasn't seemed to affected him as much. It's you know, rhyme to reason for him to, to win this fight again. Yes, I have Phil Davis.
1: Um, just real quickly, Bellator does that. Bell does have a card on Saturday as well. I don't know how they why they do these sometimes. Hey, like Bobby, when
0: questions. you hit the hotel, you get two nights, so why not
1: two cards? Um, but they're going to uh, crown themselves a bantamweight champion, a currently vacant title. Um, they got a guy named Patchy Mix uh, fighting on this card. Patchy Mix, thirteen zero fighter, uh, fighting out of uh, somewhere around here, I think. No, never mind. Albuquerque. Fighting out of Albuquerque. Uh, He's 13-0. Taking on Juan Archuleta, who's a pretty bad motherfucker. So we'll see how that goes. John Fitch is fighting against Neiman Gracie. So I think John Fitch is getting choked out. I don't know what the betting odds are. Stefan, do you still have that in front of you, actually? The second card is not on any fighting odds. It's not listed as an event. I'm going to assume John Fitch is a big underdog to Neiman Neiman Gracie. The Um, Bellator has some of their prospects fighting on that first card too Tyrell Fortune, Ed Ruth guys they signed right out of college
2: WWE superstar Keith Lee
1: Keith Lee is gonna t- do double duty you know he can't make that cameo money anymore that twitch money anymore so Keith Lee's gotta fight in Bellator apparently and people aren- don't get what we're talking about there's a guy named Keith Lee fighting in Bellator probably not the same guy probably but if Baskin his Glory hits the music there we're gonna know shit just got real um that's fucking it man that's the mma part of this mma podcast um let's do stuff we like um marcus why would you go first
0: yeah um i'll mostly just say i've been playing that avenger game and i've really been liking it um basically there is a campaign kind of like a single player campaign um and i did complete that over the weekend and i would say people in San about 10 hours or so and i I think that's probably as much time as I clocked into it. And it was pretty enjoyable. I think it started really strong and as it were were on um it stayed interesting throughout, but it kinda didn't have as much of an impact story wise um going through. But it was fun unlocking the different characters and, you know, getting to play as each of them and, and the story itself was nothing super spectacular, but it was it it was interesting enough and, and kept going. And, uh, you know, I, I think it fed itself throughout that narrative. Well, and now I'm at the part where, you know, there's, there's still more side mission stuff to do, but it's kind of more of the doing combat stuff to unlock more abilities, to get better gear. And, um, so far, even after the campaign has been done, I'm still compelled to, to play. Cause now I have all the characters cause you do get captain America and Thor kind of later into the campaign and stuff like that. Um, so, but I've been enjoying it. So, Yeah. Uh, that's I think that's kind of all oh and then we've been watching the boys if we want to talk I only saw the first we're, uh, we're two gonna, we're maybe that'll be a collab
1: I mean we can just talk about the boys right here I guess and just I mean we're not gonna it's only been three episodes so I guess I'm the rest of what do. we're. I mean we're gonna I mean we can just honestly talk about like it now and then what are we gonna save until the whole thing ends probably the best way of doing this yeah, what I'm, do you think Steph I'm, yeah, sure. Strong <laughs> um, feelings. Well, let's just talk about this shit, man. The UFC. I mean, UFC. I'm used. I'm used to bitching about somebody's UFC. Fucking Amazon, with this weird ass release schedule. A show that they dropped the entire season at once last year. Um, they dropped three episodes, and then they're gonna go weekly after that. And even if you don't like this show, if you have the UFC game, EA found a way to give you an ad for this fucking game a real-life ad in the middle of a $60 game you pay for it. Do you guys it's, hear that? It's
0: weird. I, I played that game. I never seen the ad. But I hear people Did you hear about are very really mad yet? about it. They're very mad about it. And, yeah, I literally played it. I've been playing it the last two nights. After I played Avengers, late at night, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to do a quick UFC match. And I I didn't see the ad at all. So I think part of the fervor was they patched that in after the like feature, period. Yeah. And that's
2: what people are like. You withheld adding this as a feature into the game so no
1: one could comment on it but also yeah. it's not exactly like EA has any goodwill with anybody. It's not like, you know, this is like a organization. People like making a mistake. It's like, it's already pretty low, low fucking, you know, a uh,
2: blizzard accidentally or air quotes accidentally ended up supporting, uh, the, uh, horrible regime in China. No one breathed a bigger sigh of relief than EA to have the ball be focused in someone else for a change. But, yeah, I guess-
0: yeah I mean I I also just think it's one of those things where yeah people don't already like the company when they do something scummy like this it's very easy to be like I already know you guys are the bad guys and now you're really cuz I mean for me it's like list, yeah I mean it's, it's like EA and UFC this is both very much in their wheelhouse to have like to to even just add like oh we're going to make this more authentic experience by having a little like cuz I think all it was was like basically swipes for replays that's that's what i saw the gif of was like it after you watch the replay it swipes the boys on amazon for like literally two seconds as it goes to the next game game, which is like that, that i i i completely understand if people are just like i don't want to see that in my games for me, it's just a, a dumb thing which doesn't get me super upset. But like, I'd rather probably not have it than having something change. But it's like this is also the UFC that, that told the fighters you can have sponsors, but watch as I litter this octagon with logos and stuff. So it's just well, crazy. I'll go ahead and be
2: the unpopular opinion on this. Um, I would actually, I would, I'm not going to buy the UFC game. I have no interest in that series until they get a new engine or a new developer for it. But um, I wouldn't mind real life ads. I would like the Harley Davidson prep point followed by Victory Motorcycles, the official motorcycle of the UFC. I would that. Well, love you know, know I, you know, what? I do like. I
1: did the one thing I thought was cool, is like I think they did it like the, the mat will change based on real life fucking ads. Yeah. That's whatever. But don't give me a. I mean, the mat exists. That's not you know whatever. It already it's already there. I gotta show me something. It's a it's I don't need I, realism, Bobby. I don't need. I don't need, I don't need a, a pop up. I just don't need a pop up. Um. Anyway, the boys. I mean, I don't know. I've watched three episodes. Mark watched two. Stefan watched three it's i think it's going all right and i think i me and on feel the character of huey is a fucking moron um and we don't like him but i like i think what's his name is really doing a good job the kid um who plays um the deep um i i knew the actor's name an hour ago but i think he's really good in the in this season i thought he's playing his role well um uh, somebody something crawford there it is crawford. crawford i think there we go i think he's really good i think he's doing a good job i think I, he's like he's got to act a little bit i was just gonna say i
0: i love him to death but it's also gone to the point for me that like Patton oswald needs to like really do some like changing of the voice right yeah i recognize it instantly the instant his uh, vo stuff came over i was like that's Patton," right and i was like oh, that that's him and so it is definitely at that point where like and, and that kind of takes that out of the experience like where I instantly like, Oh, I recognize that voice. I know who that, well, I think that's the whole point of getting somebody like Patton to do it. Right. Oh yeah. You want the novelty. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, you know, and, but for me, I, I've I've been enjoying the show. It hasn't like, I think that the concept is really strong in this show. And it's, it's almost the same thing with the uh, umbrella Academy. It's like, it's, it's always hard to follow up that, that, that first season, because it's, you're getting it it feels so new and special when you first watch the first season because like oh what is this it's so anti-hero kind of going after them and they're you know and, and seeing all these shades of gray or whatever. Then um, the second time around it doesn't feel as compelling. It, it seems weird because like the main bad is kind of dead and it's just like oh this other person's running the show that we never really. Saw. It's there's some things that yeah I was gonna
1: say like I thought like the, one of the best characters on that show in the first season I'm gonna spoil the first season so okay. Um... Oh, I'm going to say her name. We The the main, okay. Elizabeth Shue's character. Yes. Was that, okay. The VP, that was, was Which I thought that was Elizabeth, was, the that was Elizabeth, Elizabeth That was Elizabeth Shue, right? I'm not messing up the actress. Mm-hmm. I thought she was great in the first season and her not being there. As much as I like, um, Giancarlo Esposito as a bad guy, I would have liked to have her still there. I thought she was a really interesting character and in her relationship with, um, Homelander. I thought that was one of the more interesting, while weird, parts of the first season. Yeah. You know, just that's my you know thing. Um, I do like uh, my girl Aya Ka- Aya Cash from uh, You're the Worst playing. Um, what's the name of the, super, the oh, new is superhero? she
0: Stormbringer Storm- or something? I yeah. do like her a lot. She was. Amazing. She's
1: basically playing, but for a little bit of it, the the same character she was playing on this FX show about relationships. Just kind of like, you know, kind of a ballsy, like, yeah. shit-talker. That, well, that's...
0: I can see why she's getting these roles.
1: <laughs> yeah, she. I'm like, oh, that they saw that show and said, oh, we'd like you to do that. But be a superhero. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, overall, I like it. You know, I wish I had more, like, I'd like to watch an episode tonight. Maybe an episode in three days. But now it's like a weekly show. And when you change the way I'm used to watching something, it's, I, it's hard to make that adjustment. The weekly thing
2: frankly. really doesn't make sense in this format, too, just because... There was a very obvious reason Disney Plus did it with Mandalorian. They needed subscribers. They were a new platform, and they needed a reason for you to stick around. Amazon Prime is not a new platform. They have people on the hook for a year at a time. Uh, There is no monthly version of it.
1: There is. Is that the the trial, right? No, you can pay for them. This is my only logic, Steph. There is a monthly version of Prime. And the only thing I got in my head was, like, they wanted to get at least two months out of this. But I'm like, then just, like... Have it start on the last day of the month or something. That's I don't the know. The thing
2: is, but, they, Primus is one of the weakest of the streaming services. Their interface is absolute trash, but they're long standing. They are, are award winning shows on this. And so that's why this is a weird ex, dis, excursion. Like, why are you changing it for this show when that is not your business model for all your streaming programs? Like, It's just, it's really a weird outlier, and it's it's odd that this is the one they chose to do it with. Um, And I don't know that the audience is strong enough for it to hone in on this type of weekly thing. Um, Shows that can go weekly are ones that are in the national discourse, the the Monday morning like cooler talk, like Game of Thrones. But this show doesn't have that kind of cachet, and I like this show. Um, You know, um, I'm I'm pretty solid on this season. Um, I don't like the character of Huey. Um, while he, I, I found him very relatable in the first season, it was kind of easy to understand him as an outsider perspective. The way he's being kind of portrayed in this season is, it doesn't really work for me. Um, but yeah, I'd be happy to continue on, but I don't know that I'm going to think about it week to week. And I think kind of, we talked about it. Like, I feel like at this point, I'm just going to wait till there's at least a few of them. You know, yeah. Because um, I never find any of the episodes so strong that, like, yeah, I'm good sitting on that, and it makes me look forward to next week. Like,
1: do you know what's a show that, like, I, do you know what show was well written? I could go week to week and prompted a phone call between Bobby and stuff on every week. Fucking Watchmen. All right, it, it all made sense for me to do it weekly because I needed a week to digest what I just experienced. I'm ready to go with the end of the yeah, episode here, I mean, man.
2: Like. You know, if we're going to go slightly spoilery thing here, like, nothing subtle in this show. No. This show isn't hard to digest. Like, hey, did you forget that Homelander is evil Superman? Because let's just have him be really horrible to the handicapped Asian guy. Let's just have him go straight, like, maniacal supervillain with how over-the-top I mean, it, it is to establish that he's a... Yeah. Like, it's very easy to digest,
1: like... The show's go... I mean, yeah, there's yeah, nothing subtle. I told you, like, when they were doing, like, the two-minute, like, previously on fucking uh, The Boys thing at the beginning of the season, I'm like, geez, a lot of people just got pulverized. It just turned into liquid, almost, while dying. Like, it's... They don't it's not you know I, I i do want to go back to one of the segments
2: mark brought up because i'd actually um in reviews i've read or listened to uh, about these first three episodes it seems unanimous in my thing that bit did not hit for anyone like everyone's like oh here's some seth rogan stoner comedy and i'm usually a decent market for that type of humor but the whole pat and oswald gills scene and it was a long scene by the way it's not a gag that was over and done in 30 seconds it dragged out over several minutes and we changed shots and came back to it and it was still going like that bit did not hit for me at all and i should like all parties involved but yeah it just wasn't funny it just came off dumb to me
0: it was of not- a, a tough lesson kind of thing it was a very tough after school special episode they're trying to have about like you know self-hating body images that you have and and how that reflects in bad behavior but it, it, yeah, did not sell well when it's just Pat and Oswald like like, oh, I took this crazy tea and now my gills are talking, bro. <laughs> it's just like, all right. um, I, I get the moment they're going for, but yeah, it didn't didn't quite land. It. it seems like, you know that's just, you know, sometimes that happens, you know, things don't always cope. who who made this show? Seth Rogen and someone else are the ones. Oh, that yeah, the preacher and stuff. I mean, that would kind of actually kind of,
1: Oh, I mean, you mean Seth Rogen and Michael Sarah's character from the movie, then that guy, Yeah, they're right. <laughs> yeah. They're right. Okay. And I thought, I thought they did a really good job with preacher, but then again, I didn't read the book. So I don't know. I mean, that's just that
0: liking the boys either. I mean, I don't want to say that either. I, I enjoyed like what I watched so far very much. I think it's a fun show. It's just, yeah, a little bit of the shines worn off after the, the first season. And yeah, I agree but with I'll, the I'll the that Steph said, you know, and it is tough when you do have a weekly thing it's like maybe these things pay off maybe it makes more sense down the line it's it's tough to imagine that but you know when we when you get a binge show sometimes you get to see that whole arc and we can judge it better sometimes when you're in the middle of things things are still developing the way that you know you don't quite like or understand yet and maybe it comes to fruition down the line um but so far you know i like it but let's hopefully it gets better and it gets more captivating um yeah that's it (laughs) sorry
1: um all right uh steph what do you got this week um. Besides that show, uh, my
2: video game du jour uh, this week has been uh, Crusader Kings Three. Um, obviously, I've been talking to you guys a lot about it. Um, just another kind of really highly intensive RTS game. Um, the best way I can describe it as it is truly Game of Thrones the video game. It is all about political intrigue. Uh, what is the ambition of your character? You know, do you want to be the loyal servant to your king? Do you want to aspire to assassinate your king and climb the ranks of ambition yourself? You know, um, can I play a dragon? Uh, it, it doesn't quite. It's new, so there will be mods to come. But right Ooh. now, it's very grounded in actual history, um, and that's one of the cool things when you uh, actually play the um, pre-built campaigns. Uh, it shows you various rulers uh, throughout Europe, Africa, and the Middle East in this time period. Um, and it gives you a short history on what their actual empire was. Like, these two twin brothers who were orphaned at an early age went on to rule France for the next 300 years, you know? So it's like, can you keep that empire going? Or it'll be this African, uh, like, uh, leader who united several villages, and they had a short run, and like, can you do better? You know, so there's actual, like, real history of people who ruled various times, wars of various petty kings, and various conquests throughout like again europe and like middle eastern history um you know as a history buff it's a lot of you know small figures in history that you know you might not have known anything about um you know so it's it's kind of fun with the ideas of you can you recopy or like can you retrace the steps that leaders took to actually ascend to these high levels of powers and build the Byzantine empire and all those things or you know forge a different path um So it's just really cool. You you can play all these different characters. Kind of one of the biggest things I said to you, Bob, versus a civilization is you're not playing a culture. You are playing as a person within this story. Um, And when your character dies, be it old age, assassination, or during warfare, uh, if they have an heir, that's who you play as. Um, You then become the son and kind of continue the dynasty of this family. So Um, It's Again, it's not for everyone. It has high barriers to entry. Um, The tutorial was two hours of intensive menu reading. Intensive, like, what does this term mean? What does this term mean? Um, It it has a high, high barrier. But um, part of why it caught my attention was on all the review sites. It was doing gangbusters, as Mark would say. Uh, IGN gave it a 10. It was at, like, 93% on Metacritic. Um, And I was just shocked because these, again that it could score so high when it has such a high learning curve. Um, you know, it, it kind of shows that it weeds out casuals. It's not a game you can just dabble in. You're going to have to sit down and learn how to do it. I've been playing it all weekend, but I was doing so poorly. I'm just cheating now. You know what? I don't need achievements. I'm just having fun. If I need if, if this bishop hates me too much, I'm just going to change his opinion of me, make it higher, um, but... This is the reason I like a story like Game of Thrones. I like the political intrigue. I like the backstabbing. I like the, how does a ruler rule? You know, um, what was that quote that George R. R. Martin had about, like, Lord of the Rings? Is Yeah, sure, he, you can say he was a great king, but what was his tax policy? You know, like, wh- how did he sustain the kingdom? And those are all the things you have to think about in a game like this. And it might be boring and meandering to some, but... As I said to Mark, Mark, seen me play sports video games more often than I'm on the court, I'm in the menus, I'm in the GM, I'm, I'm looking up trades, I'm scouting for the draft. Uh, I kind of like a lot of these meandering, like management tasks. Um, I find that stuff interesting. Um, I love the hell out of it so far. Um, if you got many hours on your hand, give it a shot. Otherwise, you know, it's there's fun memes. The the, red, the subreddit I joined for this game has been pretty fun so far. Uh, one I'll share is a uh, there was one. It was said, uh, today I learned 99.6% of players are playing Crusader Kings wrong. And it's because he unlocked the achievement, uh, your children have inherited the inbred trait. So, uh, only 0.4% of Crusader Kings are going the incest route. Because, yeah, you can do shit like that. It's it's a game for weirdos as well. But um, it's fun. Crusader Kings, that's what I got.
1: Um, Alright, I got... Uh... Before I talk about AEW All Out, real quick, I watched uh, Cobra Kai. I watched some of that. Yes. Um, Mark, you watched that, right? No. <laughs> I thought you do watch Cobra Kai, I, like
0: I know of it. It was a YouTube Premium show, so I was like, okay, I've never I watched that.
1: YouTube,
0: and then Netflix got, and I was like, well, I guess I could watch that, but I have not done that yet.
1: I wish Mike was here. Maybe I'll save it more for that. But I'm just—I watched like four or five episodes while I was cooking, um, and like, it's kind of. I don't. It's not bad at all, and it's kind of weird because like you gotta accept the premise that people care this much about karate in two thousand and twenty or eighteen or whatever the fuck this what? thing is. Because some of them that's was the like, easiest premise to buy, and everyone loves karate, kung fu fighting. No, I mean, funny. no, it's like it's like another high school where, like which karate gang are you in and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that's
0: and, how high school should have been, Bobby. We went to a very unorthodox high school where karate was not the main.
1: On it, but honestly, it's uh, it's not bad. I like it. Uh, this isn't really a spoiler, but it's like. You know, Daniel LaRusso is a successful businessman. He owns some car dealerships. Found that really relatable, Mark. He so he like, that shit on and off. He's like, I know this <laughs> business. He's like, Well, man, he's worked on that car. He worked on the cars with Mr. Miyagi too and stuff. And like, Mark and I work in the business. So I was like, all right, LaRusso Auto Group. And I'm just watching his service department work and I'm like, Mark, what kind of what kind of you know, I'm wondering what kind of fucking routing system they have and shit. Anyway. Um I mean, it's not bad. Um, you know, Ralph Macchio's character, uh Daniel LaRusso's got a successful life. Uh, Johnny Lawrence, Billy Zabka's character has a less than successful life. But, and then there's children and there's a new new train. Well, if you like the Karate Kid, check it out. You know. That's basically it. Um, AEW All Out. Uh, I watched this. I pay for it. Uh, Me and my friend Phil watched it together. Um, I know Steph saw some of it. Or highlights, at least. I'm just going to go through the Car real quickly, and just what I like and what I didn't like. Uh, the match in the dentist's office between Big Swole and Britt Baker. For ten minutes, I was pretty entertained. And it was pretty clear they did that match the way they did because Britt Baker's still not healthy from breaking her leg, which was only a few months ago. Um, but it was entertaining. Ten minutes, not bad at all. Uh, Young Bucks versus, Lucha, uh, versus uh, Jurassic Express. It's cool to see Young Bucks work as heels um hadn't really seen that since like new japan quite frankly it's been universally loved since then but they do it well they play douchebags quite well um and luchasaurus is great and jungle boy is uh good at getting heat and you know getting that hot tag that was a good match um this card got weird starting with this battle royal um i think steph saw this gif of uh The former Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel, tried to make his AEW debut. People were hyped. And then he came down and tried to hit his shooting star press, which I'm not going to be able to describe well. So just at some point, just Google that if you don't know anything about wrestling. Inverted backflip, Bobby. Inverted backflip. My man slipped on the top rope. And he's very lucky he didn't land on top of his head because of all the moves in wrestling, you don't want to slip on the top rope. That's basically the, the number one, I'd imagine. This is the move uh, that Brock Lesnar could freakishly
2: do until he couldn't, and he fucked up his neck real bad.
1: Yeah. Brock Lesnar knocked himself unconscious at WrestleMania and then woke up. It was impressive. Um, then there was like a spot where Darby Allin, who's got a death wish, got put in a body bag with some thumbtacks and powerbombed outside the ring. And even if that went well, they didn't put all the thumbtacks inside the bag. So then for the rest of the match... Dudes were just landing on some thumbtacks, and I feel they weren't, you know, prepared for that. But Archer won that. It was pretty, you know, he makes sense as a big heel challenging the champion. Uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara was getting a lot of attention and kind of really put painted the rest of the card with a bad... Just It was hard to enjoy the rest of the card for most people or a lot of people. I might have no soul because I enjoyed the rest of the card. Uh, Matt Hardy knocked himself unconscious about a minute into this fight. Falling off of a, I don't know, a forklift or something. Matt Hardy landed, hit his head on cement. And it was pretty clear he was out. And then they stopped the match. And then uh, they went to the commentators. And then the match had started two minutes later. Where they apparently, the doctor there said he didn't have a concussion. And then also now the hospital said he didn't have a concussion. But we all saw a man go unconscious. So maybe we probably shouldn't have kept that match going. So... Maybe don't listen to Matt Hardy when he says he wants to continue a match. And maybe even if the doctor says it doesn't look like a concussion, you still... Look, I get it. The stipulation of the match was that if Matt Hardy lost, he had to leave AEW, but it's 2020. Like, we know the business isn't real. You can... We can work our way out of that storyline-wise. And Matt Hardy's old ass does not need to be falling down off a shit like that. Like, he's too old. Like I'm too old for that. He's too old. He's ten years older than me. Don't do that. Um, one of Stefan's favorites, Hikaru Shida. Um, really good match with Thunder Rosa. Um, Thunder Rosa came in from the NWA. It kind of speaks to the AEW tag the AEW women's division, where they had to bring a champ a challenger out from a challenger from uh, outside the company in. But it's kind of recognized, I think, by most people that once spirit Baker's leg works, she'll be going for that title. My boys, the Dark Order lost. I don't want to talk about it. It made me sad. Um, FTR versus Kenny Omega and Adam Page. was excellent. Um, My boy, the anxious millennial cowboy himself, got pinned. Did his best. Kenny Omega left him high and dry. Um, Then Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. This is why I love wrestling, where they're like, we're just going to have a match where you lose if you get thrown into a giant vat of mimosa. And everybody just doesn't bat an eye. We're like, okay, we're doing that. And then Jericho, God bless him, man, made this kid. Um, Orange Cassidy got a win over Chris Jericho on pay-per-view. He's got two wins over Chris Jericho in the last month. So. And then the highlight of the show was John Moxley and MJF. Um, MJF is, MJF is there. MJF is ready. MJF is the future of this business. MJF is 24 years old, and I didn't think they were going to make him champion because I didn't think he was ready, but halfway through the match, I realized this kid is ready. They still didn't make him champion. Um, He kind of got did in by his own, you know, cheating, but it was an excellent, excellent match. Overall, honestly, the show's getting kind of, it's hard to talk about the show without the really bad Matt Hardy incident. Which I think, even if he doesn't have a concussion at the end of this, man, fuck. He, we were done. He got knocked out. We don't need to do that. You gotta say no to these guys. Like, you, keep, they, every fucking car doesn't need a motherfucker nearly dying. Alright? We can all dial it back 10%. So, besides that, I thought it was a really good show. Um, I thought the tag match was excellent. I thought the Mimosa match was fun. And Moxley and MJF was a just a master class in a big world championship fight. So... I know I talked myself for like five minutes there, but that's that's my thoughts. I mean, Stefan, you like, did you even see any of it, or did you? I
2: saw um, the final two matches. Uh, I think when I tuned in, it was the end of maybe the Cowboy one. I, I saw the Mimosa match and the Moxley title match. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of just overall my thoughts, and then I read mostly and or saw clips about kind of all the botches you were talking about. Mm. I mean, that's just kind of my feeling on AEW. You in general, it was it was really exciting when they were the new upstart, the new challenger. Um, but the reason it doesn't hold my general like attention span is it's just too unpolished for me. Um, there's that's a fair criticism. There's just a lot of growing pains in this organization still, and, and they're very obvious. Um, like I was even reading a whole thread about uh, people's issues with Jr. as a commentator. Um, oh, that's a whole different can and, of fucking uh, can of worms. You know, I expressed that to you after, I think, after the last big event is like, whenever someone did a move, you would be like, oh, this was called the whatever in my day. Like, they're just using someone else's move. I'm like, yeah, JR, everyone reuses and recycles finishers. The RKO is just the diamond cutter, right? But you don't give him shit every time he does it. Like, it, so there's this weird dichotomy of like, why is your own product fighting with itself?
1: Like, he, that especially, JR is a whole interesting test case because there's like, it's clear that like, there's a lot of people. And look, um, when we were kids, Jr. was the man, but he's like seventy something years old. And like, there's some matches where I'm like, "Oh, Jr. is good in this," and then there's other matches where I'm like, "I need Jr. to shut the fuck up and just let Excalibur talk for 20 minutes." Like, like I think he's very—he's a valuable man to have, maybe working for them. He does not need to be out there every match. And like he said some shit that was kind of like he made like a joke about um, Anna J. Um, was very attractive wrestler and then jr said um did she have a, a wardrobe a wardrobe malfunction a malfunction or maybe i was just being off the or like maybe i was just hoping and i'm just like god jr like can you be less horny of the pay-per-view everyone like, likes <laughs> hearing an old white man leer at young women <laughs> i mean look and just because in the 90s we all listened to fucking J- jerry the king lawler talk about tits every monday night and when you know, we were 13 we we're like oh this is great come on man jr just like just talk about when I go. Just talk about the moment. That's what you're there for, Jr. Just talk about the grandeur of shit. Just don't need a, You're not the you're not the play-by-play guy anymore.
2: In terms of the town, there's there's clearly a lot of potential in this organization, but there's a lot of growing pains they need to get through. Um, I like that Kenny. Uh, he 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 said he dropped made three mentions about how he was gonna clean something up, so which means uh, the cleaner's coming back. And so, I'm rocking uh, my Kenny Omega shirt today. Yeah, uh, that was the most fun era of Kenny. Um and can uh Tony Khan you're a billionaire a trust fund kid can you buy the
1: rights to his uh New Japan music please? Uh, Is it did they own was that their own song or was it a song that Japan the New Japan licensed? New Japan I don't know the song
2: composer I don't know the guy's name he's Japanese he he created that song for Kenny in New Japan so that's why uh he didn't
1: to just get close just, just get close. Just don't, yeah, don't like we don't want. when him.
2: RVD came up with that song, which was a very hard ripoff of his other song. Like,
1: yeah, let's do that. <laughs> you know, it's the it's the same exact music. We just slightly change the words. Um. By the way, if you have the WWE network and try to watch an ECW pay per view, and maybe you didn't watch ACW when it was on, let me tell you, none of that music is the music we heard because they would just play the songs. And I remember as kids, we always wondered, "Is this allowed?" And the answer is no. Really, but they would just yeah. Fucking Sandman's coming out to Metallica every it week. It wasn't YouTube,
2: <laughs> kids. There were no copyright strikes. There was no one with a report flag button. Shit just happened if no, not enough people saw
0: it.
1: Yeah, we're just gonna play Metallica. We're just gonna have New Jack come out and play. Fucking what was he? What was it? What did they come out to? I a Whatever New Jack song was, it just played the entire match. They just kept playing it. Party. Um, yeah. All right. Um that's all I got this week. We'll be back next week. We're going to talk about Woodley and Covington. I'm going to have to pick Colby Covington to win a fight because I love Tyron Woodley, but Tyron Woodley got old real quick. Um
2: Mark might have to be tactical because when we all pick Colby in that fight, he's got like, "I got to I got to go against the grain. You're all taking one guy."
0: I don't know why
1: Mark has to be tactical. Mark's got like a 6 game lead on us now and it's September. But Mark might have wrapped this up at this point. <laughs>
0: To keep it going, that's what I gotta do.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying when it's like December and we're picking twelve fights, just so we can get a chance Still at Mark. Pick these tactical fights. To keep my lead. Mark's just gonna look at the favorites and say, "I'm taking this favorite, that favorite, this favorite." Y'all can kiss my ass. Um, we'll be back next week. Mike should be with us. Um, we'll talk about uh, Woving- uh, Covington and uh, Woodley. We'll see. Uh, If any of these fights this weekend, anything mattered enough for us to get really into it, I guess if Angela Hill wins, that's a big deal. Um, That'd be really her turning a corner. See if Bobby Green can get another win here uh, with no fans around. Uh, See if Machida's as washed as I implied. Uh, Join us next week. Um, Yeah, that was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was DJ Mark. Peace out.
0: See ya.